everybody. Welcome to Cloud of Compass Podcast. This is Lori Smith, your host. You want to know more about me? Do you want to work with me? Do you like what I have to say? Um, do you want to write me hate mail? Check me out on social media. I'm at Cloud of Compass 2021 on TikTok and Cloud of Compass 2021 on Instagram. I started this podcast because I wanted to share my knowledge, skills, and experience as an LMSW of 20 years. I am a survivor of help that harmed. I have had mental health issues. My ACEs score is high. I've had a history of trauma, but I also have some professional skills, knowledge, and experience that you might benefit from. I have been a certified diabetes educator for 10 years. I have worked in um, doctor's offices as a care manager with chronic health issues. I am certified. um, I'm a certified anxiety treatment provider, certified um, trauma provider. Provider, certified in compassion fatigue, addiction-informed mental health, and most recently a human rights consultant. I am the author of the book Life Hacks with Life Hacks, Tips and Tricks for Accessing Your Inner Resilience. I am the owner of Resilience Coach, which is an outpatient behavioral health therapy. And most recently, I am the owner of Cloud of Compass Coaching Consulting, um, which is part of this podcast. I have courses in um, recovery-oriented material, uh, neurodivergent um, information coming in. So I have courses, I have webinars, I have um, guests on my podcast, I have merchandise coming out soon. I have a link tree on my social media where you can access all of these things. I'd love for you to learn more about me. Love to you to for you to see if we are a good fit for working together. And in the month of December, I am hosting a half-off special of my of my signature course um, because I want to share this information with the world. It is a six-week course with 12 sessions, um, 12 videos of me. Um, again, I'm a little neurodivergent, so it's a little, um, it's not what you're going to expect from a course on transformation, but it is useful information. It is what I have found practical in my practice. It has the 12 video sessions, but it also has 200 page workbook of tools for self-regulation. And we teach how to uncover your own innate skill set. This is why I called my company Clouded Compass, because there are things that we have not been pointed towards. And once we align with our internal assets, our life becomes um, a little bit uh, uh, um, we become empowered period so check me out check me out on all my social media please leave comments let me know what you think I would love to hear you um, see you join my course and please leave comments about the podcast too I'd love to know what your favorite um, podcasts are which ones you think really suck and let's build community together let's educate empower and evolve and let's uncover your own innate assets stay tuned Hey everybody, welcome back to Clouded Compass Podcast. This is your host, Lori Smith. I am so excited today. I have a guest on here and Rachel and I, Rachel Brown and I have worked together in the past. Mm-hmm. She is a great partner. She is a certified di- uh, dietitian, licensed yep. dietitian, and she's a couple other certified things, but we're going to let her talk about that. Um, we've had many, many conversations between us about food and health. As you guys know, I used to be a certified diabetes educator. So we're going to talk about food and mental health and the interplay and how we can get out of the stuckness and sort of um, loosen that up a little bit. 
Yes, awesome. Thank you so much for having me on today, Lori. I'm excited to be here um, and to talk a little bit about nutrition and mental health and how much that really does correlate. Um, so yes, like Lori said, my name is Rachel Brown. I am a registered dietitian. I'm a nutrition coach. I am a certified diabetes educator. I am, um, I'm also certified in a program called Moderation 365, which is an intuitive eating program awesome. that teaches us how to deal with um, the other relationship aspects that we have around our nutrition mm -hmm. um, and it. the way that we feed our bodies. And then um, the other kind of certification not really related is the lactation consultant. But um, I guess the beautiful thing about that is that I am a dietitian that can help you out from the time you're first born uh, yes. until your geriatric years. So <laughs> yes. And when you're rattling off your certifications, it reminds me like of the six that I have and how like, I don't even know how we got here. But it's just I because know. we're interested in everything. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just like the constant desire to learn, you know? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So you mentioned some tools about Moderation 365 and how we relate to our food. Let's get to one of the really, um, it seems like to be a crucial pain point, is that what do you find in, in people's relationship with food when they come to you? I would say I see a lot of people come to me that have tried every diet under under the sun and they will say things like, um, you know, I failed at this or it worked for me and then it didn't or I lost X amount of pounds and then I gained back double that or it was too restrictive or it was too challenging. And what I tend to find is a lot of people who have tried all these programs in the past or, or other ways of eating or diets in the past have gone into, into this change thinking that it's a temporary change and not a characteristic change, not really trying to really dig deep at their relationship with food. And I think that's what's missing. I also think we exit some of these programs with this shame in mind as though mm -hmm. I failed at the program as opposed to the program failed me. One of yes. the very first things, and it's so true, you know, one of the very first things I tell any new client that I have is that we are going to make sure that your nutrition is four things, preferable to you, enjoyable to you, convenient to you, and sustainable to you. And mm -hmm. all throughout my duration of coaching with anyone, if the way that they're eating or moving or sleeping or stress managing or any of that isn't covering all four of those aspects, then we're not going to continue to do it. Because mm -hmm. the only thing I want for anyone I work with is for us to establish our changes together and for when they're done, when they graduate and they're flying solo on their own, that they are still implementing every single one of these things with ease. I really do feel like our nutrition has got to a point where it becomes so confusing and there's so mm -hmm. many other voices around us saying to try this or try that, that we really lose sight of what's effective and efficient for ourselves as the individual. Absolutely. And I think too, also, we, we get hung up in sort of the answers are out there. If I just eat this food and not that food, if I just drink before 8 p.m. and not after 8. And when you're talking to me about these things, it's very authentically harm reduction. And we know I'm a harm reductionist, but yeah. when somebody comes to me with an alcohol use disorder, I don't, I don't care that you have an alcohol use disorder. Yes, I'm concerned, but let's talk about what you want to change about it and why what is going to work for you in your environment in a comfortable mm -hmm. way that's tolerable and sustainable, because otherwise it's just like you said, the program is going to fail you yes. and it isn't about shame. There is a reason we are sort of 
have have adapted into wired to crave certain foods Mm -hmm. and there's a reason we crave alcohol but the Mm -hmm. relationship that we have with that often mimics other relationships in our lives um, good or bad I shouldn't have that I gotta have this I hate vegetables but I should eat more right Mm -hmm. like we we just complicate it because it's natural and it's just um food is food period right right I say that all the time, right? We were giving it a way more power than it deserves to have. And I think sometimes we've put food up on this pedestal and, you know, I will always tell people too, we we're strongly attracted to what retreats from us. Right. So I do think there is some danger in, in even our verbiage of, I can't have that. I shouldn't have that. That's a no, no food. That's an off limit food. Or one I hear a lot, um, that's a trigger food. People will use that word and say, yeah. you know, if I have that, that, that opens up the gates for me to go, go deep on all these other foods and then maybe get into some binging behavior or that all or nothing behavior that I see so often with clients too, but it's not that food and the removal of whatever that trigger food might be, isn't the answer to get us to stop binging or stop using food as a coping mechanism. The answer is so much deeper than that. And because I have my own personal experience with um, disordered eating, with anorexia nervosa and with binge eating as well, I do feel like I, I get the unique opportunity to talk about my history, my trauma, my recovery yeah. um, with clients, you know, and, and one of them was that trigger word, that trigger food, because I used to have so many of those foods that yes. I deemed triggering too, that, you know, in my recovery, all I knew what to do was to remove them from my house instead of learn how to live with them. And I'm at a place now where I can be around every single food on the planet. And if I want it, I eat it. And if I don't, I don't. And I tell people that about food freedom as well is that food freedom is the ability for me to be able to say yes to the cookie, but it's also the ability for me to be able to say no to it because it's what yes. I really want in that moment. And there's yes. no, it's not me telling myself I should restrict to be a certain image yes. or, you know, I should engage because other yes. people around me are right. I really am in control of my own thoughts, my own actions and my own outcomes. And it's, it's been such an eye opening experience. And I know that that freedom is there is out there for other people too. And again, that's why I think the mental component is so incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like I'm just thinking about any, any substance use, but, but just the trauma behind it. Like it is, there are reasons we have what I call them survival skills. We we've Mm -hmm. developed these survival skills for a very good reason. Food is very useful. Food gives us a dopamine rush. If it's an empty Mm -hmm. high carbohydrate and why did we need the high carbohydrate dose of a dopamine in the first place. Mm-hmm. Where did, you know, where did we learn these should stop fucking shitting on ourselves? Yes. Like what Love is it. like, so, okay. So we know that in our brains, but our bodies and our hearts may not know that yet. Mm-hmm. So how might we move from, okay, well, you're telling me that I, I, I can have any food and I'm, I'm just thinking I'm going to go crazy and I'm never going to stop eating. And that is a big fear. And that's a fear of not trusting ourselves yes, and not practicing enough and 
tolerance almost frustration tolerance. Yeah, it really is. It, it truly is. And, and learning how to work through that frustration, right? Like learning how to really come down from those high intensity moments too. Um, and you bring up an awesome point because I, I will with clients that are really struggling with that relationship with food, I'll start by imploring really some of the principles of intuitive eating. And there's 10 principles that, that we can kind of slowly go through, um, you know, if I'm working with a new client, but one of the first ones is really just to allow any food. And that is really hard. That is really hard for someone who's dieted for so many years or someone who maybe has a fear of, of what allowing food will do to their yes. exterior body. Right. And, and I understand that because I had that major fear too. And, and when I was trying to do that in my own life, I was thinking this is absolutely asinine. There's no way, because if I say, Rachel, you can have any food you want at any point in time, I'm going to eat the shit out of some chips right. and some cookies and whatever else, you know? Right. And, and what I found in my own practice and actually in with clients as well, too, is that when you do have that, that ability to have what you want, when you want, you might have a couple days where, where you go overboard, where you overdo it. I had a, I had a client who, um, had a love for popcorn, movie theater popcorn. And he was like, no way I'll eat it every day. He ate a large movie theater popcorn for five days in a row. And on the sixth day, he said, you know what? You're right. I'm over it. Yeah, I know I can have this whenever I want it. I don't care about it so much. And it's such an amazing thing to actually have that, that little switch happen like that for you to realize it's just not that special to me anymore, you know? And in the process of doing that, there are other steps and I'd love to hear what you do for your clients too, but there are other steps for, for us to implement that, that pause and process before we go to a food too. Right. Yeah. One of the things I have people do is write down, like get a note card, write down an emotion that you might be experiencing. Awesome. And on the back of it, write down some coping mechanisms that are not. Yes. Right. You know, one of mine was always lonely. Um, I would feel like as a mom, when my kids were younger, my husband worked late hours, I would put my kids to bed he wouldn't be home yet. And I'd be grabbing food and snacking. And, and I thought maybe it was habit or maybe it was reward for getting through the day. And I think I kind of realized that maybe I was just lonely in those moments. And so I was using food to kind of soothe that that emotion or maybe that unmet need that I had throughout the day was now manifesting at night. And, and instead of going to food, I would just slip over my, my lonely note card that said, you could call a friend, watch a comedy. You could take a bath, you can yes. practice yoga, you know, and just kind of have some of those tangible things like that too. Because I do think if you're deep in this, it's hard to pull yourself out of those scary moments like that. Correct. So there's something in addiction called surfing the urge where they talk about um, sort of riding it out and getting curious about it. What does it feel like? What does it look like? So there's that too, but I do a lot of neuro, um, neurobiological psychoeducation, if you will, blah, blah, blah. It's a big word, but <laughs> what I what routinely is something that we do as humans is disassociate naturally when we're under stress. And what we routinely do as humans is live our life from typically, if we have a history of trauma, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. All of those are survival strategies that are not designed for long-term survival. They are designed for now survival. It is as if you're going in and eat like, oh my God, there's popcorn in my um, uh, in my shelf. If I don't eat it, I'm going to die. 
Yes. If I don't have that drink tonight, I'm going to die. It's not that we say that, it's that our body is in that mode. And mm -hmm. so I teach people a lot of how to come back into the present. Disassociating is very useful tool sometimes. Mm -hmm. But first we want to check in and ask ourselves if we want to do that. Yes. And I like how you are doing the card with the options because the other thing that I teach my clients is that your brain is tunnel vision right now. It Again, fight, flight, freeze, or front. It is seeing one thing and one outcome only. If we zoom out, we the brain is not going to come out with a different outcome if we don't introduce new choices yes. to what we also think. Even if they're shitty choices, well, I could... For instance, um, one of the things you could snack on at night is broccoli. Well, I hate broccoli. I'm not going right. to snack on it, but it's still a goddamn choice. Yes, it absolutely so, is. And if I have choice, the more choice I have, the more agency I can practice, the less helpless I am, the less powerless I am, and the less um, hopeless I am about the situation because my mind knows I always have a safety out. Yes. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I, I've used, I guess, maybe a similar tactic on um, what I would call the three P's. So pause, process, and prolong to try to kind of get through that. The first thing is like, you know, I'm sitting down and all of a sudden I have this urgency to go to the pantry. Okay. Well, I'm going to pause right now. I'm going to, if I'm in a safe space where I can process what my emotion is, I'm going to try to process that. Um, and, and if I can, then I will also work to prolong that where maybe I can even move rooms as yep. really as it sounds, you know, sometimes even just exiting the main room or the kitchen or yep. going upstairs to my bedroom where there is no food makes a significant difference. And sometimes I can actually, if I feel like I'm in a safe space, I can process my emotions better in an environment like that too. And really yes. kind of dig as to what I'm really feeling in that moment too, because I think we are used to maybe, um, masking some of those yes. things and, and, you know, we, we're trying to do it all. Um, and I'm, I'm speaking generally here, obviously, but you know, and I noticed that too, is that sometimes we're experiencing a lot of that burnout and, and I think we've had maybe unmet needs that have occurred all day long. Absolutely. And now it's the end of the day and all those unmet needs are manifesting. And that feels really overwhelming yes. when you don't know are, are, was my unmet need physiological. Uh, did I not feed myself during the day? Is it that simple? Or was yeah. my unmet need that I had a ton of stress and I couldn't process it at the time that it was occurring? You know, so I think sometimes we need that little pause and separation to try and figure out what's happening inside of our body at that time too. Well, and food is a very, um, it's going to sound counterintuitive, but a very controllable thing. Not in terms, but it, it, it controlling something when everything else is out of control feels really good and comforting. So whether it's overeating or undereating, it's mm -hmm. still like, this is something I can tangibly do something about. Yep. But I, I like your idea of the other room because I would even say, if you want snack food, totally okay, put it in the garage. If you yep. really, really want it after the prolong, it's okay if you still eat it. It's not about eating it or not. It's about practicing the ritual yes. of the honoring self first. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad that you said that because I feel the same way. I, I don't care if the end result is you eat it or not. Right. What I care about is that you made an informed decision to do that. And you were mindful in the process, right? You brought back and your that's, choice. Yes. That's why so often I'll tell people too, you know, let's actually practice with a food. Let's practice with one of those foods you used to call a trigger food and let's have, let's sit down 
And let's take five deep breaths. Let's do some box breathing. Let's get in a good spot. Let's have our feet flat on the ground. Let's sit at a table. Let's play calming music, whatever it is to, to get us in that moment. And then yes. let's eat it. And then let's feel the way that feels in our mouth. Let's think yes. about even, even steps before that. What what it took to get that food to me in the first place, you know, yes. the farmers who grew it or plucked it from the ground or the manufacturers that made that delicious Oreo and then me going out and getting it. It doesn't matter what the food is. I think right. we need to get in that practice of doing it. And then we can slowly have one. And I will say, I, I don't care if you're going back and getting a second. I don't yeah. care if you're going back and getting a third, the volume is irrelevant to me. What I want to see is that you're present in your thoughts, in your body, in your choices in those moments. And it's not one of those things where you look back and say, gosh, I don't even remember eating that. Or I don't even remember exactly. having that. You know, I, I really truly feel that eating is one of the ultimate, ultimate forms of self-love for our body. Yeah. But many of us don't look at eating as self-love. We just look at it as like a checklist, right? Like something, either something I have to do because I got to have lunch and I got to get to the yep. blah, 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 blah throughout the day. Or we have maybe a love affair with it instead of yes. thinking of how we can, how it can love us. We're thinking of all the ways we love it. So reversing that mentality can help sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. And it's a, it's a reward and it's a reward for all I've yes. had to endure through the day, which begs the question, why are we allowing ourselves to endure all these things? Yes. And, and innocently, in what ways am I not honoring myself all through the day? Mm -hmm. Yes. We, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, and, and I noticed that a lot too. So not even from, not from the perspective of, of, you know, obviously emotional health, but another major thing that I notice all the time that I don't think people tend to pick up on is. I have simply not fed myself enough throughout the day, you know, and this, this really is kind of more to that, that client or that person that feels like they've done well all day and now they're overeating at night. And that's right. just like that hamster wheel that they can't get out of, you know, and I'll tell people all the time, we, we binge at night, we overeat at night because we have restricted during the day. Yeah. And front load that think, thing. Yes. Yes. Maybe you think you're doing it in the name of health but that's what's causing you to backfire every day. I'm telling you, Lori, the moment I sat and I looked at my meals and I realized that I, I did this too. Oh, you know, small protein bar for breakfast, a little bit of salad and grilled chicken for lunch, and then come home and have the big dinner and then a big bowl yeah. of ice cream and chips and everything else afterwards too. The moment that I said, okay, breakfast is not coffee and a, and a 200 calorie, you know, protein bar. Breakfast now is two eggs and a slice of toast and half an avocado and awesome. a cup of berries, you know, and yes, still my coffee, right? And I'm not using that meal to say that that's a superior meal. Again, sure. what you choose is, is to you yourself, but I'm saying I'm getting a carb, I'm getting a protein, I'm getting a dietary fat, and I'm getting something that I want too, right? Yes. 80% of my plate is probably what my body needs. 20% is what I, my palate wants. Yes. And because I eat that way, I can walk away from that meal and feel satisfied. And then I can do that again at lunch and I can do that again at dinner. But all the while I'm checking in and honoring my hunger instead of yeah. just white knuckling it to get through the day and trying to eat as little as possible. Front loading yeah. makes the biggest difference for me too. It's so interesting because so many people don't eat breakfast. I've got my partner now doing a protein shake in the morning. Yes. Very proud of this. <laughs> What'd you say? 
<laughs> I said, we need to eat more. <laughs> exactly. Um, but he's, he's doing some uh, meal planning with me okay. <laughs> while I'm off on my journey. But one thing that um, I did not realize until I knew that I had trauma was I am neurodiverse. I have ADHD-like symptoms. I have sensory issues. Um, some people have auditory. Some people have touch or um, visual. Just it, the world that we live in is very overstimulating. So if you are not aware of that, for one, then you have maybe some some family conflict at home, or your kids going through something, or your work boss is being disrespectful, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you come home, duh! It makes sense yeah. to soothe ourselves in whatever form that's why I drank when I did because yeah. I was I did not realize I was so taxed out at the end of the day for my job that I now one of my one of my tools is to go home go in the bedroom for 10 minutes it's not a meditation it's listening to calm music it's with the lights off but it is a sort of detox rebalancing so yeah. that I'm armed and buffered when I go back into that kitchen for the rest of the night. Yes. And I love, I love that you're doing that. And I can't tell you how many people I, I sit with or meet that, that then come to me with, with exact situation you just described, uh, but yet they're saying something's wrong with me. Why can't right. I do this? Why can't I stop eating at night? Why can't I give up this one behavior? Why do I keep sabotaging right. myself? I know what to do. Why am I not doing it? but they're missing that huge piece right there too, is yeah. that the stress, the anxiety, the overwhelm, or maybe even understanding their neurotype a little bit better to know yep. what makes them really feel better in these situations. Um, I know I was sharing with you, I had the opportunity to speak um, at a high school earlier this week and awesome. it was lovely and it was wildly rewarding. I loved every second of it. Um, but because it was a lot of people and it was yeah. a big, intense scenario. And I know this about myself because I've worked hard in my mental health and recovery too, that in scenarios like that, I need, I need to come and un unwind from it yep. because if not, what that, that deep core in me is to go treat with something else, whether it be food or a sweet or a reward instead of come home and decompress and say, that took a lot out of me, you know, and now I need to give back to myself. So that's so important for me too. Okay. There we go. Hello. Sorry. That's okay. So uh, I just paused it because I didn't know if the internet was available. Um, sorry, the school detoxing from it. Yes. I was saying, so it, it was such a rewarding program. I loved it. Um, but because, because I know who I am, I know that when right. I do big things like that, I, I want to deliver every aspect of my personality. And yeah. as a result, it feels draining to me, you know, in years yeah. past, I would have come home and maybe soothed with food or something else like that, you know, and now I can come home and say, I need 10 minutes, much like you yes. said, I need 10 minutes to myself. I'm going to sit, I'm going to stretch, I'm going to lie down and, you know, hands out wide on the ground, yes. eyes closed and just breathe for a few minutes. And when I'm able to do things like that, I then can make informed decisions and better decisions for my goals and my health for the rest of the day, instead of being more impulsive around that. Exactly. And I will, I will add that the impulsivity is coming from, okay, so we don't need to get complicated about this, but there's different parts of the brain that work. Again, if you're in fight, flight, freeze, auto, what I call autopilot, if you're go, go, going, if you're so busy, you're never stopping it's a really, it's kind of an innocent self-neglect 
And so that when, again, when you're coming to these things that are offering um, whatever you think it's going to offer, it, those things do not have more power than you. You are fully capable in the right frame of mind. We have to help you get there. Yep. You are fully capable of meeting the needs that you have, but first we have to think we're worth it. And then we have to actually practice and believe that it can be done within. Yes. Yes. 100%. You know, I think that that's one of the biggest barriers for people too, is, is that self-belief, you know, or self-doubt yeah. that, that they can't do it. Too. You know, and, and I will tell people all the time, like when you're embarking on this program with me and you're coming to me and you're saying this, this is what I want to accomplish in our time together in our three months, six months, 12 months, whatever it is, then what I want you to do right now is to start to visualize yourself as that person to start to talk about yourself as if you are mm -hmm. that person. For example, if you want to become a runner, I don't want you to say, when I become a runner, I want you to say, hi, I'm a runner. I run, I do these yes. things. Right. Or, you know, so that you're kind of already thinking about yourself as that higher mm -hmm. self. I will tell people to, to find a word that they can hold on to and, and use that word. Um, I had a, an awesome client. Um, she chose the word balance. And so in any scenario, she would ask herself when she was kind of teetering, should I make this choice for my health or should I make that choice for my health? She would ask herself, what would the balanced version of me choose? I love it. You know? And I loved it because I was like, well, that helps direct your path in those moments where maybe your subconscious is trying to kick in and trying to tell you to do something else or is trying to override some of that. And then you are at the forefront and you're still remaining yes. strongly in control of your, of your choices, you know? So I always tell people to try to find that word. Balance, I think is probably my favorite one that's come across. Yes. They do get some, you know, healthy or maybe more aesthetically uh, pleasing ones, but I, I really try to pull away from those and really think what we're trying to do is, is fix our relationship with food and our relationship with our body and our mental health in the process too, so that we can create a new character within us that yes. gets to accomplish all the things we want to accomplish in life. It's so awesome. You, that she used balance. I always ask my clients, what is your ROI? What's your return on investment here? Yeah. Like, and there's a great sort of um, hand, uh, a tool in the smart recovery toolbox mm -hmm. about cost and benefits analysis. Yes. Like what are the costs and what are the benefits? And then, because that interrupts the fight, flight, freeze. If you're, yes. you know, being analytical and stuff, but then also there's something called IFS, internal family systems. We don't need to go into it. But the point is, I also tell my clients, who is somebody from your childhood, whether it's a grandma or a teacher or somebody on TV that gave you unconditional positive regard? Mm -hmm. I want their voice in your head. And I want you to ask yourself, what would X think of this? Yes. That is a very innocent and cheap and free way to start building internal self-compassion, which is something that most people dealing with any mm -hmm. substance use don't have Not because all, of right? their history. Mm -hmm. So self-compassion you're not going to beat yourself into a great looking body. Nope. You can try, but you're going to be miserable. Yep. You self-compassion just doesn't even go for the goal of a good looking body. Because if you have the self-compassion, if you're treating yourself with respect and honor and nurturing and nourishment, mm -hmm. you're not going to need the food that need mm -hmm. is met and it's going to fall away naturally. 
Yes. And that's why I feel like that's the number one stop. Like that's the first line of defense in really working towards it. Right. It's not, it's not what people might think that nutrition coaching would be where it's like, okay, we meet and I'm telling you, okay, don't eat carbs or stop drinking. Yeah. This Let me review your meal. Plan. Right. Like it's not like that. It's going so much deeper than that. And it is really figuring out that, that connection because you, like you said, you cannot change your body by hating it, but mm -hmm. you can by loving it, you can, by showing it respect. And, and if that, that term self-love feels really untangible, then we just go to neutrality. What yep. can you do that is neutral? You don't have to stand in the mirror and say, I love my body. Right. You can just stand in front of the mirror and say, this is my body and I'm going to show it respect today. And, you know, on that same lines of that, that person that you want to hear in your ear, um, I, I use that tactic too. And I will tell people, um, how would you say this to your best friend? Because if you won't right. say it to your best friend, or would you say this to your child? Yes, if exactly. you won't say it to your child, stop saying it to yourself. I think it's, it's wild how many negative, negative thoughts happen in our head about ourselves 24 seven, you know, Absolutely. and one of my ways to stop it, because I'd love to say that it, it just goes away, you know, but I think we, we just learn how to push it deeper. Doesn't mean that I still don't have moments where you know, I'm not in complete love with my body or I want to say something, but I will literally put my hands up and say, yeah. stop. <laughs> and then I can walk some away. interruption. Yeah. Some interruption like that. Yeah. That's made a huge difference for me. Um, you know, and, and years ago, I probably would have laughed at that and thought that that was just a silly thing to do, right. but it does interrupt that thought and well, it ends it. Exactly. And I do a lot of sort of what people would think off the wall things are in my practice, but I do, I do them because they're evidence-based and they get results. Yes. You know, like I'm, again, these are all effective things, but we are saying here today, you, if someone has a relationship with food, they're not happy with, we need to start within. It's not, doesn't have to be scary. I like to say, we're just going to do an experiment, no yep. pressure. Mm -hmm. But let's, let's find out what happens if we pivot a little bit if we try one thing differently, if we dare to, um, like I'll, you know, if we dare to thank our bodies, yes, you know, just yeah. thank it. We don't have to like it. We don't have, you know, yeah. but thank it. It has literally gotten us here. Yes. And what's the worst thing that could happen, right? Usually we deliver a positive thing from that too. Right. And, and I do always move slow with my clients too. One thing that myself and my partner will always do is we try to, you know, with any new client or any long-term client, really after every session that we have, we're going back to the basics of saying, what are the three goals that you, you are nine out of 10 confident that you can accomplish this week. You know, those smart goals, we're bouncing yeah. right back to that kind of stuff so that yep. you are in control of your own choices. And, and those goals may vary from, you know, hydration goals or sleep goals or stress management goals, or, or the idea of adding more protein dense foods or, or more, more greens, whatever that might be. But we're all working from a point where yeah. you're empowered to make these choices. And, and I'm not doing this so I can shame you or yell at you for not doing it. Because if in the week's time, it doesn't happen, we come back and we say, that was the wrong goal for you. Let's yeah. make this work for you. Let's exactly. make this and work I, for you. You know, I call it homework light. It's like, okay, yeah. these are the <laughs> things I'm sending you home with. You might want to think about doing them. You don't have to, but if mm -hmm. you feel like comfortable enough that day, go ahead. But I... I lost my train of thought. I, it's all, it's all such a good conversation that, you know, people think they're coming to you for food, but it's anything, mm -hmm. but 
-hmm. And it's small increments. We want to build on small wins to build momentum. We don't need to go slay Mount Everest. Yes. And we don't need to eat this whole elephant, but one bite at a time. No, I literally picture like in my head, a ladder. And I will always use this analogy too. You've got that ladder and you want to get to the top and I hear you and I want to get you there too but you're not going to get there by standing there and jumping to try to reach the top rung. Exactly. You're you going to get tired. You're going to get Take those steps, right? And yeah. we've got to let go of some of that, that previous ways of thinking of, okay, well, I'm diving into a program. I'm going to do this perfect today. Right. It's no, it's messy and it's ugly. And, you know, there's ups and downs and, and that's okay. Um, you know, using like the analogy of a dial, there might be weeks that are, we're able to be dialed at a 10, yeah. but there's also weeks that you're not, di- that you're, you can only dial to a two because right. whatever around you just only allows that. And that's okay. As long as you don't yeah. turn your dial off, we're right. good. Don't turn it off, right? Why would we expect the Mm -hmm. same behavior from ourselves at a 10 as we do at a day of a two? This is like saying to somebody with chronic illness, well, come on, you should be fine every day then because you're the day to day. Mm -hmm. We're allowed to have bad days. And I will say that perfectionism is probably part of what got us into here in the first place. Absolutely. (laughs) Although it's a very, very helpful survival skill, it might not be needed for this chapter. Yep, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. So that tell us a little bit more about what your coaching business does, how you can help people. Yes, thank you. Um, so my the name of my business is called Moofly Nourish. So the owner, her name is Moofly Ashley is in cows, M-O-O. Oh, <laughs> move, M-O-V-E. So oh, Moofly, thank you for spelling that. <laughs> move Fully Nourished. Yeah, Got thank it. you for asking. So uh, the owner of the company, her name is Ashley Anderson, and I'm the lead dietitian working for her. Um, and us, the two of us together, we're both registered dietitians. Um, and, and Ashley works from a functional medicine perspective too, and deals with a lot of our clients who are uh, struggling with gut health and trying to figure out uh, maybe uh, thyroid concerns or GI concerns. And then I work with a lot of our clients that are looking to have a better relationship with food, more mindful eating, intuitive eating, um, all of those good practices. So together we're able to, to have a huge umbrella of who we can help and who we can, can awesome. touch really. Um, and our, our platform is all a virtual coaching business. So we've got clients everywhere. Um, the farthest I've ever had a client at was India. Um, but we've got clients all over. She's based in the Illinois area and I'm in uh, Metro Detroit area. Um, so we don't let that stop us either. We meet with our clients once a week to really just design a program that they feel confident in implementing. And then we're there to be that extra form of accountability. We know that our clients are busy, uh, a lot of working adults, a lot of people that are under a lot of stress. So we're there to kind of put those pieces together so that this can be an easy, achievable thing for you. And we can get you to whatever those goals might be. Um, we've also maintain them. Yes. And maintain them. Right. Right. Uh, you know, I, I really want to be the first and last nutrition coach you ever need to hire that I, that is ideal for me. Right. So that you've got these plans, um, and you feel really successful in your investment in yourself, because that's what this is. It, it is, it is an investment in yourself. It is an investment in your growth and We want you to that point where you're thinking from an abundance standpoint, how can I grow? How can I improve, right? How can I get um, all the things I've ever wanted, right? Because it is within your grasp if you believe that it is. Um, So 
we've got our, our um, group online. We've got a Facebook group that's free oh, awesome. for anyone to join. Um, and so the Facebook fully nourished. Uh, okay, move, move Fully Nourished on Facebook. Yep. So Move Fully Nourished on Facebook. We've got a community on there where we post um, videos and workouts and recipes Ooh. and just, you know, motivational things all throughout the week. We also have um, an Instagram page. I've got one, which is Rachel Brown uh, underscore Move Fully Nourished. And then we've got another one that's just Move Fully Nourished, um, where again, we're posting good reels and videos and tips for nutrition, but also mindfulness and uh, management and stress management, sleeping, you know, all kinds of stuff that really anchor to all of our health, not just the way that we awesome. feed our body too. So what's the website address for the company? It is www.movefullynourished.com. Okay. I am going to put these in the links, but I just needed awesome. to know. Um, one more thing before we, we get off of this, um, because we're talking about mental health and food, can you tell me a little bit about the gut mind connection? Yes. Yes. So it's huge, right? We always call our gut, our second brain, um, because it is right. And when we think about what's happening inside of our body, our body is pumping 45 liters of blood to our brain every single hour, every oh single hour. So what we eat matters. It matters for our gut. It matters for our brain. It matters for all of those things because we want blood that's pumped with all these good yeah. nutrients and minerals to really be circulating through our body. And we want a gut that is, is impermeable to not let some of these toxins and things outside to the other systems of our body. We want it nice and clean and closed and processing as we want to, so that the rest of our, our systems are unaffected by anything too, right? So we do dive a, really deep into some more, more science-based, more medical nutrition therapy for the people who really do need it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we also offer a lot of testing too. So if we've got clients that are coming with um, different, you know, problems in the bathroom, IBS or chronic constipation or diarrhea or, you know, thyroid conditions, um, we, we, or even hormonal imbalances, we can mm -hmm. run all these tests. And, and we always will say we like to do it, right? Because I want to test, not guess. I don't want to guess what we need to do to heal right. your body. I want to do it, right? We want to get in there and do it. We want to have the rhyme and the reason as to why we need to do it. So um, I think there's a huge connection, not only to mental health and nutrition, but also to, to our gut and the way we feed our bodies too, and the way that our mind operates from a clean, healthy gut too. Exactly. And just to give you a quick, um, I was noticing aspartame was affecting me and there's a mm -hmm. whole controversy, but not having that in my system, my brain is so much clearer but what you would put in your gut impacts your mental health. And in Gabor Mate and the myth of normal talks all about how if we are neglecting our bodies, if we are neglecting ourselves, it will lead to chronic illness, period. And so the food that we eat is leading to our chronic illness. And this isn't about blaming ourselves. This right. is about understanding how valuable it is to honor the way in which we put things in our body. Yes. And I think that's a piece that's been missing for so many people is not having, not really understanding that connection, right? right? And maybe thinking that, you know, cutting things out or changing the way we eat or, or adding this nutrient instead of that one, that it's only on the basis of maybe size or aesthetic or something like that. And, and Ashley and I do not believe that I am a healthy at every size practitioner, 
but I also am, am really aware of how those things do impact our longevity and our chronic health conditions, and also how we can continue to treat food as medicine as well. Yes. It doesn't replace medicine, so don't get that twisted, but but it really can work as a great form to increase our mental health. You know, there's things like vitamin A, vitamin D, omega-3, yes. vitamin C, B vitamins. All of those have links to so many different mental health conditions yeah. as well too. And while again, they don't replace the need for a medication that's treating that, they can strongly, strongly help and improve. However, we've got to make sure our gut is healthy to get and absorb them right. so that we can then receive all those things that we're taking into. Yeah, because as good as those are, the Franken foods can strip our gut of the things that, that and just defeat the purpose. And it's yes. not, listen, we're all going to go down the middle of the grocery store at some point. And yep. why are we doing it? For what purpose? Let's be clear if we are choosing that so that we don't get ourselves in the weeds of like mindful binging. Yes, 100%. Love that. Oh, awesome. I'm so glad you came on. I thank Me you. Too. I'm going to share you with the audience and they can find you at movefully.com. <laughs> Movefullynourish.com. Yep. <laughs> and again, like it's so awesome to talk with you because you and I practice a lot in the same ways, even though we have different degrees, but it's, um, it's just reminding me like we just, we were a team members and we just flowed yep. really well with the way that we worked. And, um, it, it these are doable things but you not, let's not have our eye on the goal. The goal yes. is simply practicing these things. Mm -hmm. That's all we got to do for today. Absolutely. That is all we have to do for today is just those small little incremental changes. It's, it's the yeah. little things that we do every day that make that big picture of health for us in the long run. Yeah. So do not look at the whole elephant. You're just going to eat it one bite at a time. Yes. If you like elephant. All right. So I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to let Rachel get off and um, have a good day. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cloud of Compass Podcast. This is Lori Smith, your host. You want to know more about me? Do you want to work with me? Do you like what I have to say? Um, do you want to write me hate mail? Check me out on social media. I'm at Cloud of Compass 2021 on TikTok and Cloud of Compass 2021 on Instagram. I started this podcast because I wanted to share my knowledge, skills, and experience as an LMSW of 20 years. I am a survivor of help that harmed. I have had mental health issues. My ACEs score is high. I've had a history of trauma, but I also have some professional skills, knowledge, and experience that you might benefit from. I have been a certified diabetes educator for 10 years. I have worked in um, doctor's offices as a care manager with chronic health issues. I am certified. Um, I'm a certified anxiety treatment provider, certified um, trauma provider. Provider, certified in compassion fatigue, addiction informed mental health, and most recently a human rights consultant. I am the author of the book Life Hacks with Life Hacks, Tips and Tricks for Accessing Your Inner Resilience. I am the owner of Resilience Coach, which is an outpatient behavioral health therapy. And most recently, I am the owner of Cloud of Compass Coaching Consulting, um, which is part of this podcast. I have courses in um, recovery-oriented material, uh, neurodivergent um, information coming in. So I have courses, I have webinars, I have um, guests on my podcast, I have merchandise coming out soon. I have a link tree on my social media where you can access all of these things. I'd love for you to learn more about me. Love to you to 
for you to see if we are a good fit for working together. And in the month of December, I am hosting a half off special of my of my signature course um, because I want to share this information with the world. It is a six week course with 12 sessions, um, 12 videos of me. Um, again, I'm a little neurodivergent, so it's a little, um, it's not what you're gonna expect from a course on transformation, but it is useful information. It is what I have found practical in my practice. It has the 12 video sessions, but it also has 200 page workbook of tools for self-regulation and we teach how to uncover your own innate skill set. This is why I called my company Clouded Compass because there are things that we have not been pointed towards. And once we align with our internal assets, our life becomes um, a little bit, uh, 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 we become empowered, period. So check me out. Check me out on all my social media. Please leave comments. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear you, um, see you join my course. And please leave comments about the podcast too. I'd love to know what your favorite um, podcasts are, which ones you think really suck. And let's build community together. Let's educate, empower, and evolve. And let's uncover your own innate assets. Stay tuned.